right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with us, pretty much as always, is my co-host and our marketing director, Jen Weibor. Hey, Jen. Good morning, Adam. How was your weekend? It was good. Okay, that was not a trick question. I don't remember what I did. I went for that. 11 mile hike and uh, our coworkers are mad at me because I ended up having to hitch a ride back to the Jeep because Kismet couldn't walk any further. So and didn't die. So oh, you wore the dog out, out, literally. Yeah. Out. yeah. All right. So yeah. we've got a really cool guest for you, a first time guest. I think the last few episodes we've had repeat guests. So this is kind of a fun uh, thing for us. But welcome to the show, Jessica Gallegos. Hello, Jessica. Hello. How are you? Good. I, I saw you post about the podcast on your socials. I think Facebook is where I caught it. And you had kind of a uh, uh, the I'm nervous face mm-hmm. following that. Are we nervous? A little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> well don't be. Uh, there's, there, uh, there's no reason to be. I don't think we're going to uncover anything embarrassing, although we will probably try. Okay. All right. So, Jessica, when we have a first time guest, we usually want to do a little bit of our getting to know you uh, why are you doing what you're doing? What is it that you're doing? How did you get started with what you're doing? And we've obviously got a handful of other things that we've talked about before going live and a few other things that uh, I've kind of been digging around about that I wanted to ask you as well. So tell us who you are, what you do, how you got into it. Give us give us the background. Give us the, the, the lowdown on how Jessica became where Jessica is today. Sure. Yeah, I was, um, I'm from Northern Colorado originally. I grew up in Loveland and I went to CSU. I was actually a 911 dispatcher for almost 10 years. Yeah, Um, that I knew and wanted to poke you, you know, pick your brain about. So I did that for a long time and it was very uh, stressful, straining. Um, I loved it, but it was just a lot. Um, So I always wanted to sell real estate, but as you know, it's um, A, hard to get into, B, you don't sometimes make a lot in your first few years. So I was kind of hesitant. So as soon as my husband was able to get on with um, a major airline, he's a pilot, I was able to kind of take a step and go full-time into real estate. So, and that's where I've been ever since. And how long ago was that? I got my license in 2018. Okay. So not too long. And we already discussed the fact that you've been with two companies in that time frame. The one that yes. you started with and right now fairly new to you weeks, I think you said, is yep. Coldwell Banker. Uh-huh. All right. So certainly some interesting things to talk about there. And we do talk quite a bit with certainly our coaching clients and with a lot of our podcast guests about changing companies. What did I learn? Why did I change? Those sorts of things. I do think that that's interesting. But let's go back a little bit because prior to your career in real estate, you did spend a decade plus as a 911 dispatcher. Yes. And I know some of that was in Aurora. Yes. A very interesting part of the world. For those of you that don't know, Aurora is big, really big. In fact, it's bigger than Denver. And I would say probably has equally significant, if not greater, 911 call volume. Yes. And <laughs> and the extremes to which those calls are is probably uh, surpassing Denver, probably everywhere in Colorado. I, yeah, I would say that being a 911 dispatcher in Aurora is probably the most challenging um, you know, region you could be in in the entire state. 
Yes, it was very, yeah, it was a challenge. So (laughs) it's high paced, it's high stress, it's psychologically taxing, Mm -hmm. but I do remember my oldest prior to deciding upon grad school, which she recently finished, actually went through all the steps to be an Aurora 911 dispatcher. (laughs) And all the examinations and interviews and had to be locked behind closed doors with nothing but a computer and had to have the door to her back so they could see if anybody uh, came in and on and on. And it's, how do I put this? It's something that requires a very level head, very clear thinking and very linear thinking, which is not something that a lot of humans have. We don't really have a A to B to C kind of mindset because we let all the noise interfere. We get distracted. And I don't mean from the sense that, you know, yes, we're doing a podcast and no, there goes my dog. I don't mean anything like that. I mean, there is so much noise, psychological, emotional, actual audio, visual noise when it comes to being a 911 dispatcher that it's difficult to tune that out. Uh, Mm -hmm. It takes a very special person to be able to do that. I would be willing to bet that that skill set has served you well in real estate. Very, very. Keep a level head and not get emotional. And not get emotional. And, you know, you got to just, yeah, I guess my biggest thing is not to get so emotional and to keep a level head. And most of it's like multitasking, you know, Oh, so, I'm certain that's a skill required with 911 dispatch, yeah, yeah. right? I, I usually joke that my multitasking skills pretty much include going to the bathroom and looking at videos of kittens at the same time. That's about where my uh, multitasking skills end. And I know full well that in order to do what I do the best way I do, I have to focus on that one thing and do it. And then when I'm done, I can move on to another. Uh, So, yeah, that does not surprise me, but I would be willing to bet that because there is such a level of emotion in home buying, in home selling, that your ability to basically tune that out, to push it out and to really represent what's best for your clients, what's best for their dollars, to honor your fiduciary responsibilities, which we talk about all the time in real estate, Mm -hmm. is coming to you more naturally than a lot. Yeah, I would say that's a huge, huge help in my business is that whole emotional factor and being able to kind of take that aside and um, really just focus on, you know, my client. And like you said, they're, you know, the transaction at hand and not get emotionally involved in it, you know. And those multitasking skills have to be huge. You had said that your husband is a commercial airline pilot. Mm -hmm. So his schedule is wonky, Mm -hmm. gone for a couple of days at a time, maybe more right now. Obviously, we're having yep. an enormous shortage for uh, people in the airline industry, period, but certainly for pilots as well. And mm-hmm. you are a parent as well. You have kids. Mm-hmm. And yep, they I are... Go ahead. Three kids, yeah. So it's they're all over the place. So And they're all school age. Yep, they are. Right? I have one adult grown gone. Not that that doesn't present its own problems. We spent the last week fighting a gas leak in her New York apartment. And I have another that's in Fort Collins attending CSU as you and I did. Uh, In fact, a decade apart, but you and I lived in the same dorm even, which is really cool, small world type of stuff. And I only have one school-age child. So the, and he goes to school where my wife, his mom works. 
So there's a lot of that management being taken on as well. So there are plenty of times when you're basically living as a single parent mm -hmm. to three school-age children while managing your real estate business. And you're in Vail right now, uh, Vail, Colorado, for those of you that are listening uh, or watching that aren't familiar with our immediate area. Uh, here we are having all this chatter about monuments and Fort Collins and Loveland and Vail, which uh, are all, you know, within 100 miles of each other. But uh, our audience may not necessarily know. And you've got some serious multitasking going on just in your regular life, not including what goes on in your business. Right. Yeah, it's a constant. Um, I have several calendars and I will say um, my husband's a huge help when he's home. And then um, my oldest, he can drive, which is a huge help. So that's been really great. But yeah, you know, I feel like that constant multitasking and running though keeps me busy and keeps my business busy, um, running to schools and it just keeps my energy high. And I meet a lot of people at schools and when I volunteer and I do a whole bunch of different stuff. So I feel like it's an, actually an asset to my business and to me personally. So, oh, sure, sure. It keeps you involved in the community. Yep. And You're I feel like meeting new people. Yeah. And when I run around, I just get on this, when I start going, I just go. And then it helps me in my business because I just keep going. <laughs> and there'll be plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. Yeah, that's right. exactly. Go. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So let's talk about your more recent trials and tribulations. You've changed companies. Yes. From switched 8Z, 8Z to Coldwell Z, Banker. Yes. Okay. Yep. And that's a big decision. How did you come to it? You know, I started at 8Z. I, I have a lot of people and family I know in the business, and they really did well at 8Z. And um, I did as well when I first started. They had a great kind of legion program because we all know when you first start, your sphere is, it's it's slow. You got to build it. A lot of your sphere doesn't trust you yet, and it's, it's, it's difficult. So they provided me with some leads, which was awesome. And my first couple sales came from leads and open houses um, until I could kind of get my sphere and then I started doing a more higher price point. Um, my price point just kept getting higher and higher. And I felt like I needed somewhere to maybe grow that a little bit. And it's something that I, I think 8Z does phenomenal with maybe down in the Denver area, just not maybe so much Northern Colorado. Um, but I switched over to Coldwell Banker. Um, 8Z was still a phenomenal company. Um, they're great. They do a lot of training, but I feel like I just wanted to, I guess, step up um, into the more global luxury marketing uh, market that I'm trying to kind of grow my business in. Well, just because we're obviously really big on authenticity, transparency, it's apparent to you and certainly to most of our audience, but for those of you that don't know, Jen and I spend a lot of time researching real estate agents, who they are, what kind of production they do, so on and so forth. In fact, we have certain standards for guests on our podcast. Uh, for those of you that uh, have been on the show, you probably know this. If you're uh, new to our podcast, that may very well be news to you. And I would agree with you, Jessica. We uh, look at a lot of 8Z agents in Denver, and mm -hmm. they do a lot of good work. There's a lot of good business. There are a lot of really high-producing agents at 8Z, especially considering what a small operation it is, particularly mm -hmm. when we're comparing it to something the size of Coldwell Banker, right? right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I do understand the change from a local perspective, but mm -hmm. I do want to hear your take on this 
slow increase into a higher price point, probably more into a luxury market. Although based on what real estate values have done, where we're going, housing shortage, decades to fix that problem if we ever do, et cetera. Uh, every property may be a luxury property someday, right? at least by what we def- how we define that standard now. And what do you attribute to that? I don't necessarily want to say improvement, but increase in productivity in your business. Obviously, if we're hitting a higher price point, we're doing better business at the same amount of units at the same volume of work, those kinds of things. Is it the real estate market? Because obviously real estate values all up and down the front range of Colorado. For those of you that don't know, that's those of us nestled up against the Rockies on the east side. We refer to as the front range and it probably includes Santa Fe to Cheyenne for that matter. Um, So is it the real estate values? Is it you putting forth some kind of special effort? Are you fine tuning your database? Is it because of the people that you're adding to your database, to your audience? What do you think has caused your improvement in your price point? Um, I think, well, I think some of it is the, the, you know, the market itself, the last two years have, I mean, we've seen just the appreciation go crazy in in Northern Colorado all all over the front range. Um, So I think that was an attributing factor to that. Um, But I I will say too, that um, my sphere being, you know, from Loveland, I know a lot of people and I think that that in itself has been huge for me. And I think just knowing people in those higher price points is what kind of got me started. And I think once you get a few listings on those higher price points and you, you know, the neighbors start talking. And of course you do the marketing after you sell, then your name goes out and then it kind of keeps trickling down. Um, but going to Cobalt Banker, I am actually doing it a little bit rebranding myself. So I have some ideas about how to kind of capture the more um, high end market as well. So I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. Oh, very cool. And how does that look differently? Because um, again, just for our audience, we all know that Jessica's doing good business. She is an authority in this particular arena. She would not be on our program if she weren't doing a decent amount of work in a very short time, right? You told us you got your license originally in 18. Mm-hmm. It's 22 people. This is a <laughs> really short time to have built up a successful real estate business. Trust me. So... Is it you shifting your marketing? Is it you shifting your lead gen? What kinds of activities do you do in that space? Um, well, I tell you, a lot of it is client referrals, testimonials. I work really hard to get all of those. That That is my main source. I mean, that word of mouth. I mean, my last, I got three phone calls last week, just word of mouth, you know, repeat clients, past clients, giving my name out. You always, my thing is like, I never want to do less than five stars, right? And then your name just keeps keeps going out. I think um, always asking for those testimonials. And then um, as far as my new marketing, I've rebranded myself. I've brought on some new social media um, coaches that are kind of helping me. And then I think a lot of it is I have some plans to do some pretty cool stuff um, in my farms that I've changed farms a little bit. I moved so um, and do some stuff hot chocolate at, at the clubhouse with pictures with hopefully with um, Christmas time with pets and, you know, just people just, I, I host every quarter. I do a cooking class at the bottled olive in, in, in Loveland um, in Windsor. There's two different locations. I bring back all my clients. I invite 17 per quarter and we cook and we drink wine and they bring friends. So it's just, it's just staying sometimes it's hard to be in your business and work in your business and be on your business. It's, it's, it's hard, but you gotta, 
when you have a lot of transactions going, you always have to think, how am I working on my business at the same time? So that's just got to be part of your life. Yeah. Yep. I, I yep. think the people that we find that are most successful actually have enveloped their work life as part of their personal life. So there are a handful yep. of things in here that are probably really striking chords with me and certainly with Jen, um, like photos with pets. Jen, didn't you just do a photo shoot? I did. Were your pets in it? My dogs were. Two dogs, three cats? Yep. At Jen's house? Yep. Same as in my house. Okay, Jen, you kind of, uh, well, think of yourself as a uh, budding chef, as it were. In fact, we had a really solid run there with about 3,000 different risotto experiments. It's true. Memory serves. Um, So cooking. Drinking wine. Oh wait, Jen's a sommelier. In on top of all of this, <laughs> uh, she's actually been certified as a sommelier. Je- you wouldn't believe how worldly Jen is for her young age. It's <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. Um, so let's see: wine, cooking, pets. Hmm, sounds like a, a horrible way to live your business life. But I do want to <laughs> go back for a minute because I do think you hit on something without a. Uh, well, without even really thinking about it, just because it's second nature to all of us, but maybe not to everybody, is that there's no better way to operate your business. And I don't care if you're in real estate, mortgages, financial planning, insurance. If you're selling a large ticket item direct to the consumer, there's nothing better than having a strict repeat and referral business. That's the long-term goal for everybody. It should be anyway. And here's the really neat thing about it is that we know it's probably a lot of Uh, subconscious activity, but we know when we're giving that five-star effort, when we're really putting it in, that we're doing it with people that we really like and that like us and know us and trust us because that know, like, trust stuff is really, really important. So odds are really good that if they're referring people, it's people they like, that you're going to like, that like you, and that have that negligible, worst case negligible, volume of trust already because of how they came across your path. And not only does it make it that much more enjoyable to work with people that already have a degree of trust, that already like you, that you are going to like, but they also trust your process. There's none of that bullshit why questioning where I need you to get me this document. They just say, okay. There's none of that why. And humans are funky that way. We're the only species that ask why, right? I tell the dog to come. I tell the dog to sit. The dog doesn't say, mm, why? Why Why am I sitting? No. Uh, but humans, uh, in the mortgage space, it's obviously really, really prevalent. I need all pages of your bank statement, including that one that says this page intentionally left blank. Why? Well, if people, if our clients, and because we have a strict repeat and referral business, they know, like, and trust us, they don't ask why. They just say, okay, which now makes it easier on them, easier on us, easier on my team. We get transactions that are more fun, that are smoother to do. Everything's done on time, so on and so forth, because I don't think we would deny any of us in either space that one of the greatest follies that we all overcome in real estate and mortgage transactions, and this is probably true in high-end car sales and insurance and financial planning, et cetera, is the client. They're the, typically they're the ones dragging their feet, creating problems, whatever the case may be. 
And by having a strict repeat and referral business, we eliminate a ton of that. By working with people that already have a degree of know, like, and trust, we eliminate some of that. And of course, having the level-headedness and the multitasking skills that come along with being a 911 dispatcher probably eliminate a lot of that as well. So it sounds like in a very short time, you've built a business that's repeat and referral that -hmm. you love doing, where you're working with people that you like, that have a degree of know, like, and trust with you. You must be killing it. You must be loving where you're at right now. I do love where I'm at. And I feel like all my clients right now are, I mean, I can honestly say they're mostly friends, referrals, repeat repeat clients. I mean, and they're all, like you said, they know how my process, they know how I work. They know that Jess will answer my phone. Um, if it's eight o'clock at night, sometimes I don't, I mean, I really work hard for my clients and they know that they can trust that I, I do that for them. And they never, you know, like I say, I'm like, text me whenever, if you have an issue or, you know, they, I, I just, I don't ever have set hours in my business, which a lot of people, when I started, was like, you need to set hours. You need to you know, and I, I understand that I have kids, but but sometimes um, I feel like that's helped me in my business where I can answer texts at 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. Now, if it's midnight, I'm asleep, but they know that I'll answer first thing in the morning. So. Agreed. What, what <laughs> I, I may be alone in this particular community, but when I go to bed, I turn the phone off. Yeah, and I put the, it the, on It's the first yeah. thing I grab when I wake up, of course. Me too. Um, but... Other than that, and we were talking about it yesterday because I got up really early yesterday. Uh, Sunday mornings are kind of sacred to me because I'm a big Formula One fan. And those races are on at like 7 a.m. Mountain Time on Sundays. I don't mind getting up early for it. And when the race was over, they're relatively short, 90, 120 minutes. I've got clients looking at houses yesterday. One of them needed a pre-approval. I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm up. It's Sunday. Mm-hmm. The computer's, you know, right upstairs. Sure, I'll go sit in my home office and uh, bang that out for you. And one of the things that really occurred to me, because there's always a raised eyebrow, like, wow, you're working on a Sunday or whatever the case may be. Like, I'm not really sure it's work, work. anymore. Yeah. I love what I do. Clients, mm-hmm. again, because they're all repeat and referral, are people I like. I am not going to shy away from talking about mortgages because I love that shit. And if you don't, too bad. You're going to listen to me anyway. So it occurred to me it's not really work. Right. And that's what I tell people, too. It's like uh, I, I used to sit behind a computer for 12, 14 hours a day. I mean, to me, to sit in my home office and or go out and show houses where I'm just driving around in my car, you know, I'm, that's, hey, all day long. I'll sit open houses all day long. That's fun. <laughs> Well, let's let's not pull any punches here because I've seen what a nine one one dispatcher setup looks like. It's it's not you sitting in front of a computer. It's like you sitting in front of a dozen computers yeah. that you've got to keep tabs on at all times. It's that is uh, true. It's crazy. It is that yeah. is a very very difficult job. I don't think people really could ever have a grip psychologically, technologically, on how much goes into that particular. Uh, environment uh, probably makes uh, real estate seem relatively low key that way. Some days, some days. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, worst case things could happen today. I got a termination. Worst things could happen. <laughs> Jeez. I don't want to <laughs> move it on. <laughs> I don't want to bring this into focus any more than it has been in the past, but you were a 911 dispatcher in Aurora when the theater shooting occurred. 
Uh, I quit just before then, and okay. I moved. I moved companies to a place called Entrado, which is kind of switched. But uh, anyway, I answered nine one one phone calls um, for uh, all over the country, including Canada and um, Puerto Rico, and wow. I get them to the right PSAP, so the right public safe, safety thing. So, and then I answered um, sat phones. I did a whole bunch of different stuff. I dispatched for like, uh, oh. Coastal Guard, uh, anything like that. So, wow, what a life change! Total, and it's been and, great. And good on you because you have made a really solid toehold in all of this in your new career. And it is still relatively new. If we're talking about real estate, we it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, and, and I feel like I'm still pretty new. And you know, I don't know. I think you learn something every day, though. You know, which is great. Oh, absolutely. And you, you will and should for the remainder of your career. There's mm -hmm. no question about it. Which is why very, I love it. <laughs> yeah, very exciting stuff. Ah, I am so glad that you were able to spend this time with us. And I know that we've kind of dragged you away from a conference with a company that's brand, brand new to you in one of the most spectacular corners of the world. Uh, up there in Vail, Colorado. And I think you had I commented would... that you're now hiding out in a basement somewhere so that you could do our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would love for... to sell real estate here too. Yeah, this is cool. Right? Yeah, thank you for carving out the time. And yeah, Vail's not a bad place to buy and sell real estate. Uh, not bad uh, at all. spent a lot of time there as a kid. Uh, my folks had a certain affection for Vail in the 70s and 80s. I mean, well, it's been spectacular for decades and decades so we won't uh pull that out jen what am i missing what do you want to know about jessica or what should she know about you i guess i mean i think the only thing that comes to mind is jessica are you doing your business by yourself what kind of team do you have uh, working alongside you yeah so i've had several great mentors along the way awesome ones which is i think um where i'm at now that i wouldn't be without a couple of mentors that i've had um that have been in the business for years um, but I work by myself. Um, I do have a great team behind me at Coldwell Banker, great managing broker, um, great colleagues if I need help. But it's just me um, by myself. I do my own thing kind of. But yeah, I love it. That's impressive. Cool. You have you don't have a TC or an assistant? I have a, or... I have a TC and I have one at 8Z and I think I'll bring her along with me. Um, so I do have her. And then um, she does my, you know, transactional stuff and men's things like that if I need sent out. And then um, I have recently hired a social media person, like I said, to help me with my social media. I just, I'm not good at coming up with ideas every day. And, it, and I found myself just struggling with that and spending way too much time on that. So if I can have someone help me to get that process done faster, it would just help me tremendously. So content is tough. There's no question. Um, yeah. We've been doing a video blog uh, the weekly little tip for 10 or 12 years. I can't remember how long. And it's just a couple of few minutes a week. And I was basically pushed into it by a colleague that hosts and runs the National Real Estate Post, again, you know, more than a decade ago. And they're still doing five, six, seven minutes of content a day. And I'm, I'm constantly yeah. mind blown. I still think the volume of content is the biggest struggle, no question. But it will come naturally. Um, for those of you listening, I want you to know that that content, well, let's put it this way. We're all tired of being sold to. 
those of us in a certain age range, certainly myself, Jen, Jessica, have been somebody's target audience since birth. We're tired of that shit. What we really want is transparency, authenticity. So for those of you out there wondering about your content, particularly when it comes to social media, just be you. People want to see who you are. They already know what you do. And frankly, real estate, mortgages, that's you know the majority of our audience here at Just the Tips and certainly for How I Met Your Mortgage. Those are boring subjects. So 100%, talk yeah. about you, what you're into, what you like, your family, your kids, your pets, your spouse, your team, et cetera. And that will draw people that like you to you. And they'll already have that degree of no like, and trust. Better than that, you'll organically repel the people that don't like you and you wouldn't want to work with them anyway. So that's certainly good stuff. Well, Jessica, again, uh, Jen, I know we're at our time limit. Jessica, thank you so much. I know carving out this kind of time on a Monday morning is not easy. And here you are at a conference in the mountains, <laughs> uh, name badge and all, um, doing this kind of thing. Uh, so thank you for that. And Jen, what else do we want to cover before we sign off for the week? Yeah, well, Mile High Mastermind is right around the corner. Um, it kind of clicked in my brain this morning that September is this week, like a few days away, which is absolutely insane. Um, so the Mile High Mastermind is September 16th and 17th at DU, where we love partner partnering with the schools for our events every year. Uh, and if you want to grab your ticket, we just do still have some tickets left. You can text TIPS to 63566. If you're interested in tickets to send your team, definitely reach out to us. Um, you can also get a copy of Adam's book at that link. You can book coaching with us, find past episodes. I can't believe we're in season five of How I Met Your Mortgage. Um, but you can find all the past episodes of the podcast, including on Spotify and Apple. Uh, basically all the things. Text tips to 63566 to get everything you could possibly want to know about Just the Tips Coaching. Well, and let's talk about the Mile High Mastermind because we did yep. open it up. We are going to allow for some additional people. Um, we had uh, reached the limit of what we were going to do, and it looks like there was an influx. Some of that sounds like it's going to be due to a cancellation of another event that uh, was being planned later in the fall. But it's really all real estate agents and mortgage originators. Yep. And it's really pretty much focused on lead gen and social media and that constant, consistent, authentic, transparent kind of activity that we should all really be embracing. Absolutely. Okay. So that's really a valuable bit of content for those of you that are in that particular space or in those spaces. And if you're uh, local to Denver, even better for you, because while we do the event at the University of Denver, um, I've always been stunned at how there are no freaking hotels right. right near the University of Denver. That part just always blows my mind. So if you're coming and you're not local, we do have a hotel block, but uh, know that there's an Uber ride in your future, maybe two or three or four. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Kind of All right. Well, Jessica, thank you again. We'd love to have you back on the podcast. I think Jen yeah. is booking into season seven. I have a couple spots left for season six. There's like one or two. Yeah, and I appreciate to... the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, we, we were glad to have you. And there was no reason for you to be nervous. You did great. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate being on here. It was amazing. So thanks for the opportunity. You bet. Absolutely. And for those of you that are watching live or in syndication or listening live or in syndication, uh, we do this at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time pretty much every Monday. 
And you can catch the updated podcast on Apple and Spotify every Wednesday. Yep. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.